if you're asking me, I, I don't recall it. I was not involved in that case at all. Uh, I'm able to read what's in front of me. But you don't recall it, and you don't recall if that had any impact on, on Disney in 2018. Objection asked and answered. I'll sustain the objection. Next question. All right. Do you recall that Mr. Depp also alleged that he was caused significant distress and embarrassment by the publication of that article? No, that, I don't recall that. Okay. I, I... Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, LE2B Last Exit of Brooklyn. Uh, this is Tom McCaffrey. <clears throat> Please rate and review this podcast. Please subscribe. Please join our Patreon, Last Exit to Brooklyn, for bonus content, bonus episodes um, that are on there. We have a lot of cool ones. Um, all right, so uh, we're back for the... Uh, we're talking a lot about the uh, Johnny Depp trial, Amber Heard trial, and um, it's gotten a little boring in the last couple of days just because you know it was pretty exciting when Johnny Depp was on the stand, but now it's just like these lawyers and... Um, I don't know. It's just sort of, first of all, they're not famous and they're not very charismatic. So they're not, you know, make as compelling uh, people to watch on the stand. And they're going through all this stuff. Like, I guess, I, I guess I wasn't aware that Johnny Depp's career was going so badly, I guess, because I don't know, from the outside perspective, you just kind of assume these dudes are always like doing well and that, you know, they have all this money. So what do they fucking care? Like, I guess here's a here's a clip. I think they're talking about like they're interviewing his lawyer about like the lot like how it affected his career. Just was not involved in that case. I, All right. My memory of that was it was a, a tabloid. So and the, the lawyers were hanged. All right. So you can take that down. Thank you. Now, there was a trial in the UK. Was there not on Mr. Depp's claims of libel against Dan Wooten and the son? Also, the the chick that's. Um, you know, cross-examining him, the lawyer or whatever, interviewing him, interrogating. I don't know what the fuck the word. I'm a lawyer. I don't even know. Cross-examining, I think. Um, she uh, she's really annoying. She seems really shitty. Just like I, I guess, like the other guys are shitty too. But for some reason, being a woman, she seems like meaner. I guess that that is true. That you know, men can get away with being assholes more uh, more than women can because if, if a woman's kind of shitty, people immediately are like, "Oh, she's so mean." But yeah, she's a lawyer, so and I, she's kind of going for the jugular. So this was boring. I was I was listening to this lawyer guy, and and then I was listening to another lawyer later, and he was just kind of like <laughs> going through. This is a big thing with this trial, where like a big part of it when they're you know when they're being you know direct directly examined by the um by their lawyer the side that they're you know on um they just talk about their careers and how great they are like this guy basically i was listening to it for a while. Like, i came in in the middle of it and he's just he's talking he was talking about like rocky and he's like yeah well like when sylvester stallone wanted to do rocky because i guess he worked on rocky he's like you know, he didn't. We didn't want him to star in it, and then he started it, and we we really cut down the budget. He, he didn't even have like a dressing room, and he was really mad. I'm like, what does this have to do with Johnny Depp beating Amber Heard? Like uh, animated uh, subjects. So here's a little bit of him. merchandising deals and cartoons, if you will, and um, uh, then that Canadian company closed the LA office and moved back to Canada. I didn't want to move back to Canada, and so my last in-house situation, I went to uh, Universal Network Television. And I did business and legal affairs on uh, Just Shoot Me, a uh, television series, uh, uh, a series uh, starring Josh Brolin called Mr. Sterling. <laughs> what is this? He's like name dropping. So uh, 
before we get into whether Johnny Depp beat Amber Heard, can you go through your resume? I mean, it's just like an interview or something. He's like, oh, yes, I worked on Just Shoot Me. <laughs> really? Wow. I worked on a show with Josh Brolin. Um, I did some animated stuff. Yeah, wow. You're really going to. Here's a little more. Maybe I can get to the Rocky part. In the Before the Me Too movement, that oh. morals clause was fading out. Uh People with leverage, people said, wait a second, you just can't get rid of us because you think this or that. With the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein, um, uh, Bill Cosby, if you will, the morals clause has come back and it is a demanded feature. Good, uh, good move been mentioning Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein in this. Like Johnny Depp's being kind of like swept into the Me Too movement. Like, yeah, you know, like uh, Bill Cosby. So that's on the jury's mind. Oh, so Johnny Depp's like Bill Cosby. This is an interesting thing. So, you know, I'm glad that he talked about this. So I was thinking about this the other day. This is, I'll go away from the Johnny Depp thing for a second. Um, so I a big, a big thing that came out after the Me Too thing and all these guys were canceled is the whole thing where people were like, oh God, I can't, I can't watch him anymore on TV. Like, you know, or I can't list like Michael Jackson. People are like, oh God, now that I know he molested all the kids, like, I can't listen to him anymore. I can't listen to music and um, like not being able to separate the art from the artist or the Cosby. And I, I kind of fell up that way too. At first I was like, Oh yeah, there's no way I'll be able to look at their stuff after, you know, what I know they did, but I'm actually really surprised. I'm, I'm really able to separate it. Like I, I heard a Michael Jackson song um, on Saturday. I was at a wedding and um First of all, the song they were playing was Pretty Young Thing, which just does not age well at all. But no one, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good song. And like no one there seemed upset about it. Um, so when, when I'm listening to a song, it's basically like, the you know, a, a song that is kind of the weirdest, oddest, more, most bizarre song for him to be listening to that, like I said, does not age well. Um yeah, it was it was fine. And I'm like, does that make me a monster that I can't that I'm just completely like it has no effect on me, like uh, their art, like me listening to their stuff, like I can still do it very easily. But then I was thinking, like, you know, with like the Cosby show, because the Cosby show, first of all, I thought they would take that off for like forever, but it's on TV every now and then. And like I didn't even really like the Cosby show when it was on, but like now. I'll turn it on sometimes and I'll, it, I almost watch it for nostalgic value. Like I'll watch it and you know, I don't love it, but I, it has nothing to do with what he did. So, you know, a lot of people are like, I, Oh, I used to love it. I can't watch it. You know, I can't watch the Cosby show. And the thing is like, what I was thinking is like, it's not like he's, you know, I understand like he did things, but it's not like he's like raving people in the show, you know, or like in Michael Jackson songs. It's not like he's molesting kids in the song. Like if that was the song, then yeah, I'd probably have a hard time listening to it. Like, you know like oh, i can't listen to michael jackson anymore that song where he's just it's just sounds of him molesting kids you know yeah that song is not aged well even though <laughs> i guess that wouldn't be a great song to begin with oh man i used to you know i used to love that song where it was just michael jackson molesting someone yeah it was it used to be a really good tune but now i fucking hate it but yeah like they're not doing the thing and and um, Johnny Depp, I you know that this has no effect. I don't really even know what he did. I know that it's he, I guess hit Amber Heard, but that's basically it. But um, I do think it's weird that like he can't get a job anymore. I didn't know that. 
like for, in my you know mind and from my perspective i thought he had just been working this whole time and i've talked about this before it's like just fucking retire dude you're like 60 years old you did all these shit movies you made all this money just fucking you know it's just just stop like they won't let me do movies anymore like all right well you're just you're not gonna do movies anymore just fucking you know live at home i don't know start a fat do your fucking what, what are those weird ads he does sauvage i don't even know what it is is it like perfume or something just keep doing that weird shit you know just just shut up johnny so you so yeah it's funny the uh, lawyer who's just like bragging about the projects he's worked on um he's like Yes, and then I worked with Josh Brolin on Mr. Sterling. Like, uh, okay, sir, are you even, um, do you even know Johnny Depp? No, I just came here to uh, tell you things about how great I am. I heard there were a lot of chicks here. So uh, this is another thing I guess came out last year that they were, um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard uh, racked up like a um, $600,000 wine tab, you know? And I know the the first question people ask is like, you know, how are they drinking that much fucking wine? First of all, how are they drinking that much and still look how they look? I mean, I, I've said this before. People are always commenting, oh, Johnny Depp, he looks like shit now. He's, oh, he looks so awful. It's like he looks fucking amazing. He's like 60 years old and he's been drinking nine bottles of wine every day since he was 19 years old. He looks pretty fucking good. What He's like. What does he gain four pounds in that time? Oh, guy, he looks like she has all. He hasn't lost one hair. <laughs> looks like his hairline is exactly the same. Um, he's still skinny. I mean, he's not like fat. Amber Heard looks good too, but I mean, I think she's like thirty. But you know, she looks a little weathered. But I, I guess is it just great genes? Because you know, I'll know people that don't do anything. It's really funny. This is a, this is a phenomenon I've seen a lot. Is um. Like you ever you ever know someone who um they're really into like drinking and doing drugs and then like you see them late like they get sober and then they look shittier that's like such a weird thing that ha- that's just bad genes where it's like because I knew a guy years ago I think he was like a comedy club manager and I when I first met him I think he was like you know his late twenties and he was kind of like good look he was you know thin and he was kind of good looking I think he was like a model or trying to be a model so he was really smart and um. I saw him like 10 years later in New York and he looked awful. Like he had gained all this weight and just, he looked like crap. And I remember being like, wow, that guy really must've like, you know, gone off the deep end with drugs and alcohol. Like uh, clearly he's an alcoholic or something. And um, I was talking to him like not long after that. And he made a comment that he had quit. He had been sober for like nine years. And I was just like, I was amazed. I didn't, I was like, Oh, oh, cool. Like, you know, I wanted to be like, so I don't understand, like you quit drinking and doing drugs. And like, so why do you have huge bags under your eyes now? Like, what are you doing instead? Just, and like, why are you, why did you gain 50 pounds? <laughs> so, it's just like weird. Like when that happens, the opposite way, Johnny Depp has never stopped and he looks amazing. So it's like, this guy got his shit together. He looks awful. It's kind of like an argument for to continue drinking and doing drugs. Like it was, it was almost like uh, I wanted to put together together an intervention for this guy. Like, dude, you need to, you really need to start doing drugs again. Like, this is not working for you. You look like shit. What do you mean? I, uh, I had a problem. I know, but just it's not working for you. Your whole life, for some reason, you look worse than you did when you were doing heroin and meth. I guess for some reason those those drugs kind of make you 
look better for some reason. Oh yeah, so the wine tab, so like six hundred thousand dollar wine tab. Like, first of all, how did it get that high? Who like let your wine tab get that high? Could you imagine like trying to do that like at a bar? You know, where they would let it go to six hundred thousand dollars. If I was like, yeah, I'll have another. Like, if if I have a tab and it goes over like a hundred dollars, like, yeah, we need to close you out. Okay. Imagine if I went into a bar like, hey, I'll have another wine. Look, no, we can't. We can't do that anymore. Why? How high is it? Uh, $600,000? Yeah, we're going to need you to pay that because you haven't paid us in five years. So it's kind of bad. This is bullshit. I just want to get some wine. Yeah, you have a problem. You really have a bad problem, even though you look amazing. It's kind of weird. So let me see if I can find this with the guy talking about Rocky. Experience in... in uh, hiring a star to be the face of your product. What types of things do companies consider when they're looking at using actors in their marketing or advertising? Well, as you can imagine, they consider reputation. Well, they consider uh, if they beat the shit out of their wives all the time. That's a big thing. Or um, if they're drunk all the time and doing cocaine with Marilyn Manson and uh, throwing bottles at their wives' heads. This is a capitalist uh, society, and they're looking to make money. They want to add value to their investment. They want actors who have reputations that will bring eyeballs to the screen. Wow, this guy's really shedding some light about how Hollywood works. So tell us what movie studios are looking for when they hire actors. Well, they want to hire people that will bring money to their company. They want actors who will bring eyeballs to the screen. That's such a weird phrase I've heard people use. Like, uh, we need eyeballs on the screen. <laughs> How's the show? We don't have any eyeballs on the screen. Oh, that sucks, man. We need more eye. We got to get more eyeballs in there. How many eyeballs were in there? 20 million. Wow. Okay. So that's 10 million people. Yeah, it sounds better. More eyeballs. Uh, bodies in the seats. They're looking for uh, added value, not negativity. These companies, they're looking for value to their product. They don't want negativity. I mean, is this really like rocket science or whatever, where it's just like, so tell us, like, um, if a guy beats his wife and he's starring in a movie, do they want him in the movie? No, they don't want him in the movie because then the eyeballs will not go to the movie because the eyeballs will go to another movie. It's all about, you know, cashing in on eyeballs. <laughs> this is an eyeball industry. How many blind people came to see the movie? I don't know. We don't take that. We don't take sunglasses where into account. Oh, yes. Uh, as I explained, I, I negotiate deals with actors to uh, uh, play roles in films. And what's the significance of the actor? Oh, that's in the fascinating. In the context of a feature film. The, um, the any, any more Josh Brolin stories? The starring role uh, becomes the face of the film, the product, the series that actor uh, is synonymous uh, with the product. And again, in hiring that actor or actress, you um, uh, want a reputation that supports uh, uh, the value that you've spent on creating the product. Uh, uh, 
you might say that Pirates of the Caribbean is Johnny Depp and vice versa. That's the importance of hiring a star. Yeah, that's true. That's a big thing people don't mention. It's like they're, you know, Disney's like, we're never going to give him another. We're never going to have him in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like, but when you think of Pirates, when I, you know, when I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, I just think of Johnny Depp, like that immediately. I know there are other people in the movie, but like, like Orlando Bloom, but who gives a, like, who, like, they're like, fuck him. We're not going to have him anymore. And it's like, well, who are you going to get that's fucking, you know, if you hate, even as much as you hate Johnny Depp, like who's even like, who's even left in Hollywood anymore? Everyone's fucking ruined. He's probably like the, the least offensive actor in Hollywood person in Hollywood right now. Like that's how bad it's become. Like someone who just kind of hit his wife a couple of times. is like, all right, well, he's actually at the top of the fucking heap. He's actually doing the best. He's excelling because everyone else like, you know, you know, took their dicks out in front of them and like jerked off in a plant, like everything, you know, that's like the next level down. So but what are you gonna do? You can get fucking Jeremy Piven to be to take over and the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's Jeremy Piven and that's it. Johnny Depp and then Jeremy Piven. I feel that I, I heard they go out for the same roles a lot. I think Jeremy Piven is back, which is weird. I thought he like I thought he and like raped people and stuff. Um, but he, you know, Jeremy Piven, he like um this is a funny thing. You know, Johnny Depp is probably about three months away from doing stand-up. <laughs> That's going to be the next stop, and Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, because that's always what happens with these guys. Like, um, whenever everything falls apart and their life bottoms out, they always end up doing stand up because that's like the last. Le- that's basically like porn stand up. There's people in porn who end up doing stand up after porn. Like stand up to people is kind of like, all right, I can't do porn anymore because I'm too old. Like, all right, I guess I'll do stand up. This is the next thing. Wouldn't that be so? That's like you know when you see like an actor or someone doing stand-up who's who's had like a career, um, that's when you know things are going but have hit a wall in their career. Like so that that like Jeremy Piven is the guy that I was thinking of. Like he got in trouble, I guess, and then I started hearing he was around doing stand-up. Like I remember I did a show uptown Westside Comedy Club, and when I did it, they were like, Oh yeah, Jeremy Piven's supposed to show up, but he didn't he didn't show up. I think he canceled at the last minute, but he was doing stand-up. That's how bad things had gotten. Like, that's kind of like a good gauge. Like, oh, how, how, what's so and so doing now? Oh, he he just started doing stand-up. Oh, fuck, really, man? I gotta give him a call. I didn't know it was going that bad. I feel like that's how, like, you know, most people start doing stand-up. You know, even stand-ups who become good at it. I feel like it's usually, usually, not always. There's some like total fucking comedy nerds who were like, you know, from young, like I'm going to do stand up. But like, I feel like a lot of people when I talk to you do stand up, it's always like nothing was working out in their life. So it's kind of like they finally were like, all right, I guess I'll go on stage and try to make people laugh at me. Like I was funny. I was always funny. And I did stand up in college as part of a, um, like a class assignment. And I remember like, I had thought about doing stand-up, but, you know, I am oddly, like, shy. Even though I'm funny and I want attention, I'm really kind of shy. But I did it in this class, and I everyone thought I was really funny, and I was pretty good at it. And the teacher thought I was really good at it. And he was like, you need to, you should do that. Like, he was like, you're really, like, not like, oh, you did pretty good. Like, you're really good. And then I did it in Dallas a couple of times, and I really hated it. It, like, scared the shit out of me. It was just so... Stand-up is, like, especially when you first do it, it's, like, it's terrifying. It's so weird that you're about to do it. Um, Like, I remember that first moment when I was about to go do it. Um, 
because what happened is I did it in Dallas a few times and I hated it and I didn't do, I was like 19 and then I didn't do it again for like six or seven years. And then I, again, I was in New York and I like, nothing was working out. I was taking like acting class. I was in like an acting class and I just wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't like it and n- nothing was going, was panning out. So people were like, you're funny. You should do stand up." And I was like, all right, I'll try it. And then like I did it, I took a class. And then I remember when I was about to go out to do my first show at the grad class graduation i was just terrified like i remember being literally having a moment of like what am i doing like i'm about to go up here and do things um and i did it and i kind of remember it but man it was fucking weird and i did okay i remember so yeah it's just funny that watching how these people uh, whenever i see like those where are they now shows a lot of them you know who have who are like famous on a tv show they're always like doing stand-up now i do stand-up comedy <laughs> because i couldn't get a job and no one was hired me in 30 years i would just love to see johnny depp stand up hello everyone how are you so uh his his jokes just have no relatability so you know like you'll be hanging out in your castle in your own private pirate ship and Marilyn Manson comes over and uh, and then you uh, do 80 lines of coke and you, you take a plane to Brazil and then uh, four pints of Jack and then you destroy a hotel room. We've all been there, right? That's my Johnny Depp impression. It's just British. <laughs> so what's it like? I told you guys, no, it's, isn't it weird when you uh, blow... $700 million in one year, and you don't know why? Yes, and uh, having perfect hair and never aging ever? Yes, that's weird, isn't it? So dating is crazy. Yeah, that's true, Johnny Depp. What aspects of an actor's reputation? You guys ever been dating someone and then they shit on your bed and then you go to court for... 25 days and might and impact no. their ability to get hired by brands or studios well again on the other side of the coin yeah you um you wouldn't want to hire an actor who uh has negativity uh following them you wouldn't want to you don't want to hire an actor as negativity following them <laughs> hey man we're gonna hire you what's that behind you is that negativity first of all it's like like any like there's any actors who'd like you hire movies that like for movie parts and Lee that don't have negativity following them. You know, if they didn't have negativity following them, they wouldn't be fucking interested. Go hire fucking, I don't know, Will Wheaton to be in your movie. Will Wheaton from Stand By Me, wasn't he kind of like a pussy? Hey, to actually bring your brand down, your movie. And uh, so that's very important. And especially in the, the, the last five years uh, uh, with the Me Too movement, uh, you wouldn't want uh, negativity uh, hiring an actor who, quote unquote, had been canceled. They're like, yeah, uh, we don't want negativity in our movie. You know, you don't want to hire an actor or negative. It's like, but you hired him after for years. He just destroyed hotel rooms every every year. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you don't want anyone negative. And we, so we hired this guy who's known for being drunk all the time and um, destroyed hotel rooms every year. Yeah, that wasn't negative at all. We thought he'd be great for our brand. It's just also like, yeah, they're going to bring down the brand. Really, you're going to ruin the, the Disney brand at this point? Like, I'm sure the the movie, I'm sure the company has some money stored away. 
Are there, um, is there anything in particular that might prevent an actor from getting hired by a brand or a studio? Well, I mean, we're talking about illegal activity, uh, a criminal record, but right now, uh, the, the pinnacle of uh, negativity uh, in Hollywood is uh, being accused of d domestic abuse, sexual uh, abuse, violence, and what we've seen is almost immediately terminations and cancellations. So yeah, Johnny Depp. I guess in Hollywood now, it's like you, you, he's like things have changed now. You know, with the Me Too movement, like they don't hire people that are known for beating the shit out of their wives. I, I guess Johnny Depp is going to go into football now. Like, all right, Johnny, they don't want you. We want you though. We don't care if you beat the shit out of your wife. Um, something just reminded me of that this um, this guy was talking about like pitching TV shit. I guess he was talking about like he done a tv show with josh brolin that i've never fucking heard of um and uh i watched that show the uh the offer it's on paramount plus now it's like about the making of the godfather and you know i've been hearing about this for like i don't know weeks and you know when i heard about it, i saw that the trailer it's like miles teller is in it and giovanni rubisi and i was like wow this looks good like this sounds like a cool story like it's because it's kind of like a thing they do now instead of just remaking or rebooting the thing. You can't do that with The Godfather, but like certain like iconic movies um, that are, you know, in the, that will never go, you know, out of style or out of the zeitgeist. Um, they do like a behind the scenes story about it. It's like, oh, wow, it's like you're kind of doing it, but you're not doing it. Um, like you're, you don't have to remake it. But so I thought it looked good. And then like I watched it and it's fucking like, atrocious it's like la it's like absurd how bad it is it's like a bad tv movie biopic from like the 80s it's um like every scene first of all like giovanni rabisi is in it and he's playing some mob guy and it's weird i thought giovanni rabisi was like kind of old i mean like he's definitely in his mid to late 40s but he like he's making that weird giovanni rabisi face where he always makes where he like he curls up his mouth like he's kind of been making that face for years where like because Giovanni Rubisi, he played a retarded guy once. I know you're not supposed to say that, but whatever. He played a retarded guy once in this movie with Juliet Lewis, the other sister. Like, because I, I don't know if this is a thing anymore. I guess it's, I, I don't think it is. There was a thing where like young actors like really wanted to play retarded people all the time. Like, because I guess showing their range, because they were like, oh my God, like this guy, he's like not retarded. And they like, he, he seemed retarded when they made the movie. But so Giovanni Ribisi, like, you know, played a retarded guy. And um, then, like, he, after, after that, he just kept doing that kind of the same character. Like, he was, he was always kind of the retarded guy. But, like, he was just weird. Like, on Friends, he played, like, the weird brother. So, anyway, he's always, like, making these weird faces. And, like, so in this movie, he's, like, making the faces. But like they look absurd and weird but it's not supposed to be weird and then he's like opposite other kind of mob type guys who actors who really look like mob type guys and then it's just like giovanni would be seen like a fat suit and like having some weird prosthetic on his face making the weird like retarded guy face and um and it, and it doing like a weird voice too that sounds so fake and he's like and i'm not even kidding like i know i'm not good at doing like because i don't really try to do impressions well but He's like, oh, hang on. And like, and it literally looks like a high school play, like a kid in a high school play playing an older guy. And then like, it's, it, it, there's a guy playing Robert Evans and he's pretty good, even though, cause he doesn't like overdo it. But, um, 
it's it looks like it was written by someone who like has like barely any um knowledge of hollywood like if you have like the most base knowledge of things like um this is how bad it is like the, the, there's a part there's a guy playing mario puzo and at the beginning he like he's like coming from like a book release and he's like god that was so bad that book really and i'm not even kidding there's like the lie it's like they're telegraphing everything like the exposition is just right in your face like that was such a bad book signing no one came only two people you know but two people came oh my god and they only they only liked that one part about the mafia you know what you should do you should write a book about the mafia i'm not going to write a book about the mafia. this is literally seen in the movie no, you need you need to write a book about the mafia. All right, I guess I'll write a book about the mafia. Okay, go go write it right now. And then literally the next scene, he's like has this whole book finish, and he's like, "Here it is. It's called The Godfather, and there's a guy in it, and his name is Don Corleone." And then she's like, "Wow, that sounds so amazing." And then like they show her reading it, and she's like. I'm going to make an offer you can't refuse. That is a great line. I really like that. It's going to be good. You know, it's just kind of like that thing of like in these biopics when they're talking about a thing, you know, is going to be the biggest iconic thing in the world. And then there's Miles Teller's character is this guy who works at like a computer programming place. And um, he goes to like a party at the Chateau Marmont, like with his friend, like his friend's a writer. And it's really like not fleshed out. Like it's very like, not clear what his so he he's like goes to Chateau Marmont. He's like some nerdy guy who works in an office, and the, his friend's like a cool Hollywood guy. He's like, hey man, let's go hang out from Chateau Marmont. And then he's like, how's it going? Like at the office, he's like, I don't think he's. How about you? How's the comedy writing? You know, it's like that. Like okay, so we know he's a comedy writer. And then they're all hanging out, and there's like some guy who's on like Sergeant Bilko hanging out with them, and. um they're like, so what do you what do you do? He's like, oh, I work in the computer. You know, he's like, oh, Sergeant Bilko, I love that show. He's like, I'll tell you about you know TV shows. What's so amazing is, and he's talking to like these, com sitcom actors and sitcom writers, and he's like, I'll tell you what the formula is. What you do is you take these characters and you just put them in like weird situations in the same. And they're like, really, is that what it is? Like, and the the writer, the comedy writer guy says that, and I'm like you don't know how the sitcom structure works or, how, you know, and then the, the Sergeant Bilko actors, like after this guy, Miles Teller says one sentence, he's like, man, you know, we should write a show and like pitch it. And he's like, yeah, we should. And then the owner of the Chateau Marmont, the chick who's like this super hot chick just walks up and she's like, Hey, who's this guy? <laughs> and he's, and this, the guy's like, this is my friend. He works at a, a computer place. And she's like, really? Oh. And then, um, He's like, uh, 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 Miles Teller's like, oh, you own this place? And she's like, oh, let me guess. You don't think a woman can do anything? And he's like, no, I was raised by a single mom. I know she could have done anything. And he's, she's like, what? And then like the next scene, he's like banging her. And it's like, oh, wow, Hollywood looks really easy. You just go to a party and, you know, you meet some uh, writers and actors. And, you know, you say one thing, you explain to them the, the formula for making a show. And then they're like, hey, we should pitch a show. And then the owner of Chateau Marmont just wants to bang you because you say um, you had a, you were raised by a single mom. That was not my experience in L.A. I, I knew people in L.A. that were like successful that I had grown up with. And they, they like wouldn't even look at me when I got to L.A. So I, I don't that wasn't my it didn't seem very realistic. And then he he goes to a pitch meeting, Miles. I know I'm getting it, but he goes to a pitch meeting 
to pitch a TV show in front of all these execs. This is a guy who knows nothing. He literally works in a computer programming office and he just likes TV shows. And then they're like, what is the show you have? And he's like, he pitches, he gets like on the table and he pitches Hogan's heroes. And they're like, this is amazing. (laughs) It's just like the character Miles Teller plays ruddy or something. Every person he meets he he says something to and immediately they're on board immediately like like at first they're kind of like who is this and then he's like hey i like tv and i think you should do this and they're like that's amazing we should do it and so they 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 like buy hogan's heroes in the in the room and then it's one of those annoying biopics where like they the beats are done too fast like it's like hey you should do hogan's heroes and then like the next scene they're like Hogan's Heroes has been a huge hit for five years. What do you want to do now? I think I want to be a movie producer. And then um, he goes to the like Universal lot or oh no, Paramount lot. Yeah, because it's on Paramount Plus. And he's like, "Are you Robert Evans?" He's like, "Yes, I am." And he goes, "I want to produce movies." And he's like, "I don't know, man. I don't know if you can do it." And he's like. You know, movies are really good. I like them a lot. And he's like, you know what? I really like those. I think he says something about um, single mom. He says something that he's like, I really like that. And you should produce movies for me now. That's my, actually, it's not that bad, Robert, Robert Evans. That's kind of how the guy sounds. And it just, it's peppered in with a lot of Hollywood references. Like, so they make it clear what time period it is and what's going on. They're like, you know, like Colin Hanks's character comes in. And he's like, talking to Robert Evans. He's like, you know, you're not doing good enough. You can't ride on Rosemary's Baby forever. He's like, I have another movie I'm doing, Love Story. It's going to be good, you know. But we'll never wait to another one of those things. You know, these biopic movies, whenever there's like a thing that's going to be huge, no one wants to do it. Like The Godfather, they're like, we have the rights to The Godfather. Like, you know, what are we going to do with this shit? No one wants it, you know? And then they're like, someone wants to buy the rights for a million dollars. So they sell it immediately. And they're like, no, we should try and do something. And they're like, all right, we'll try and do it. It's never going to work. I got this guy, Francis Ford Coppola. That guy is shit. He's not going to be able to do it. He's not good. And then and then there's a scene where he's like, Robert Evans is like, I'm never going to hire Francis Ford Coppola. And then Miles Teller's like, Francis, come over here. And like, because he ambushes him with Francis Ford Coppola. And Francis Ford Coppola's like, I want to make a movie about family. And people are going to look and say, that's my family. And then Robert Evans is like, that's amazing. You're hired. I'm like, that's all you said? <laughs> hey, how's it going? I will never hire this guy. I want to do a movie about family. Okay, you're in. So, you know, it's funny because as it went on, I was like, oh, this, this, I guess maybe it's okay. And then the next after there'd be commercial and then the next segment would come on. I was like, Hmm, this is kind of shitty. And then the after, by the last one, I was like, this is complete shit. Like I I'm not even trying to be like tough on it. Like it, it was one of the worst things I had ever seen. Like it was almost like a joke. I, I, I like, I feel like I could have written a script better than that in like four in like a week. Cause everything is just like telegraphed and there's no, like, like it's like they didn't have any, there's no like insight to what really was happening behind the scenes. It's kind of like anything you read in like an article or in like easy riders, raging bulls is just in there. Like, 
And then Francis Ford Coppola was making dinner and he was like, this should be in the movie. You know, it's like if you just read an interview with Francis Ford Coppola, like you would know that. I wonder, I'm, I'm curious if they know it's bad, like the guys in it. When, you, when you're doing something like that, and you watch it, like, are you just so far gone and you just lost any perspective because you're so in it that like you can't tell. But like, like SNL, like when SNL gets really bad, I, like are the people involved in it? able to tell it's really bad or but because they don't have the perspective from the outside are they like no it's good um so i don't even think i'm gonna ever i, I thought i'd give that show a shot i was kind of excited about it. now i'm just like you know whatever but yeah it's crap the offer don't don't look here's a little more of this guy from johnny depp trial to for, for the investors to the people who create that product to to move away from that negativity I think you mentioned the Me Too movement. Um, what's your understanding of what the Me Too movement is? My oh, this should be good. Understanding of the Me Too movement is that uh, finally uh, society is listening to the uh, uh, victim, giving the the victim of uh, domestic abuse. Oh wow, he's good answer, buddy. He knows he's on TV, and everyone's looking. What a softball question. What is your understanding of the Me Too movement? What's he going to say? A bunch of whiny chicks who can't take a joke. Finally, everyone's listening. You know this guy. He's like a lawyer in Hollywood. You know, it's just like, you know, this guy has like harassed so many chicks. Which brings me to that. So um, something came out where um, I guess Aziz Ansari is making a movie and everyone on it like raped everyone or something. <laughs> First of all, it's such a vague story. I don't really know. I love when they tell you things like about a story, but they won't tell you what it is, which I, I think they do that to kind of protect, you know, the privacy. But it's it's kind of bad because if you just say like, because what's going on is Bill Murray, I guess they stopped production of a movie that Aziz Ansari is, is starring and directing. First of all, this guy just can't, can't you know, this bad me too shit just follows this guy everywhere it's just kind of like i feel like he's having a hard time getting away from it because i wonder how pissed off he is because when they broke the story about like it being stopped because of bill murray's inappropriate behavior um they always had aziz ansari's face his picture on the article kind of totally clickbait to get people to be like Oh, and Zizan, sorry, like another production, something was shut down because of inappropriate behavior. Like, I wonder who he like tried to sexually assault this time, um, which I know, like, I'm just saying that's the perception. I, I don't know what happened. I know his story was kind of iffy and weird and just sort of like a bad, you know, experience. It, it, like, I don't know what happened to that Zizan, sorry thing, but the problem is the way it was presented to to the world was in such a poor um in such a bad way that it it just I don't know it didn't it didn't look good it looked kind of bad for the person who reported the story, but so and I I guess like they've stopped production because Bill Murray was inappropriate you know I was thinking this sucks it's like Bill Murray just stop making movies because it's like dude I I don't want Bill Murray to get fucking ruined now at the end of his career it's just like bill murray is this huge icon in my life and in so many people's lives and it's like it's gonna end with him being a fucking like you know sexual abuser or something and the thing is i don't know what he did i guess like there's stories about him being like annoying on set and he's like kind of a dick and like curmudgeonly and like cantankerous which i'm sure he is worse now because he's older but it's so bums me out that bill murray might fucking get his reputation hurt 
You know, it's like, oh, please, just please just don't do any more movies. Just don't give them the chance to ruin you, to cancel you. Just leave Bill Murray alone. Let him go in peace. But they won't say what he did. So it's kind of like it's it's kind of like your mind can make up, you know, these stories like it could be anything that he sexually harassed some woman or it's probably something like that. Like, I think someone said he he was doing something on set that he thought was like funny years ago. That's what things are now. You can't like that. It's just kind of showing how shitty things were years ago where it's like, yeah, apparently now you can't do things that were funny then. Like, you know, you can't take your dick out and chase them around the room. There's even a scene in meatballs where he's kind of like trying to hook up with this chick and it's like borderline sexual assault and it's played for laughs. I think it's like this girl, Roxanne, and he's like really into her and he like starts grabbing her and she's like really aggressively and like, gets around the couch and is like holding her down and he's not like raping her, but it's like weird looking at it. Now it's so many things from you watch from the, and that was like a kid's movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I saw that. When I was really, young. I probably saw it like on TV when I was like eight or nine and, you know, Bill Murray is such a hero and it was like, Oh wow. Look at what he's doing. This is how you deal with chicks. You just like, you know, you get really, even though I never was like that, but it's kind of a bad message, but I bet you he was doing stuff like that. Probably grabbing the girl and like, you know, holding her in like a headlock or something and trying to, you know, just trying thinking he was funny, but I guess you can't do that. Now you can't just, that, that that's probably is a good rule. Like you can't, you know, when you go to work, you can't just grab women and hold them down uh, and hit their heads. He's like, this is bullshit. Things have changed, but I guess that movie's probably over. It's gotten so much bad press. So I wonder if that'll hurt his ease and sorry again. Like it'll be like, Oh God, not another. And Z's and sorry thing, even though I feel like, you know, they were like, oh, he's ruined. And then like he came back like a year later and he was like, yeah, I'm really sorry about when I did that check. And everyone's like, it's fine now. You're great. Why won't they give Johnny Depp the benefit of the doubt with this shit? Because Aziz was like, he was kind of like, you know, his was like, I feel like if his was reported in a better way, presented in a better way, it might have had more traction. But the way it was done was so badly. It was done so badly. Like there was, it was right in the middle of the me too thing when it was like first blowing up and they were, and they were just gunning for certain people. And um, he, uh, oh, there was something like, I went on a date with the season. Sorry. And like, there were so many boundaries crossed. Like I remember like he ordered me, you know, white wine and he didn't even ask if I wanted white wine. I said, I wanted wine. He didn't even ask if I wanted white or red. Can you believe like, how presumptuous, you know what I mean? He was really coercing me into like the kind of wine I drink. Like he made me drink white wine. I didn't want that. Like, it was like, why is that in the story? Like, that was like a, that was like a, a, a abusive to like, all right, maybe he, that was like a shitty move and not very, you know, maybe that wasn't very considerate, but I mean, it's, you can't like have that as part of the story of like sexual abuse, you know, like, um, he really, he really abused me. Like he said we should meet at eight and then he showed up at eight 15 and like, he didn't even apologize. That's bullshit. That's my impression of, of a woman. They talk exactly like me, but I wonder if it will hurt him. Probably not. Well, I think uh, the Johnny Depp thing, um, Amber Heard is going on the stand, I think this week. So I definitely will do a show about that because Finally, we need, you know, we need more stars on this again, because it was 
really interesting with Johnny Depp was testifying, but now it's just like these boring lawyers or like boring lawyers or like cops who don't want to be on the stand or a part of this, like the, the guy who was on Zoom in the car vaping and just leaving. I love how he just left. <laughs> like what? First of all, he just left in his car while he was doing the, the deposition. That's that's unbelievable. Like that's why you shouldn't give someone like a witness the uh, the option of doing their their testimony in their car because it's too easy for them to leave. I don't like this. I'm out of here. I'm just gonna turn the camera off. Okay, well, I guess that's it. He left. Um, okay, well, uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, have an episode probably in the next couple of days, and uh, please tune in for that. We'll see you next time. Last exit, Brooklyn, LA2B. See ya. You led me away from home.